Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy game show podcast hosted by me, Nate Regolia. Each week, I subject my guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea about them. And they often do. That's pretty much the game. Uh, with me, as always, is <laughs> Shannon Page. Shannon. Hi. Hey, how are you? You haven't quite figured out that new intro yet. No, it, well... There You're getting there, though. You're really more words, but it's like, what else do I say about this? Well, I think you just need to nail it, like, to find out if they have... A vague idea. I just need to do that thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A vague <laughs> idea. <laughs> You do exactly. It? Yeah? Things yeah. are good? I like it. All right, great. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and joining us again is returning guest, Dave DeNovelis, who's not a novelist, but uh, he could be. He's been through a lot. <laughs> no, no. I, You've lived many lives. I, what with the bands and the... I've uh, Yeah, no, I've done some shit. Advocacy Can and... Can you curse on this? Time? Oh, yeah, fuck okay. yes. Good. That's all you'd like. Sorry. Just dropping, dropping swears. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Dave? I'm well, Nate. Shannon, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah welcome, welcome back to the show. Is yeah. this two or three? This is two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. I yep. still have the uh, the Starbucks uh, surfing porno jacket that I won last time we were here. Yes! <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, like, what has gotten more use in your wardrobe than that jacket? Little. It says, it says a lot, because you're in a Starbucks not working on a novel. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else who's sitting in a Starbucks, like, oh, this fun fun, they're going to make it big. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Nate in 2011. That's right. <laughs> Didn't work. Podcasting now. That's awkward. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made it weird. <laughs> I know. Uh, this week's episode, the theme is summertime. So I have a list of 11 topics that pertain to uh, summer and activities therein. So, uh, Dave, as our uh, returning guest... You get to choose whether you go first, whether you want to pick one through eleven, or you would like to pass to Shannon. What do you think? Okay, first, I just uh, just just asking, make sure you're going to be adding the Fresh Prince song in post, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> well, I, I plan on us actually doing kind of an acapella record of it, oh, good. and then we're we're going to have to kind of change the lyrics because we're not in Beverly Hills, right? That's so right. That's right. We got right. a lot to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to pass. You're going to pass? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got All the right. nerves. Even though I excluded <laughs> passing from the intro specifically, you're passing. I'm not, yeah, well, I'm going to let let her go okay. first. Oh, that works. Yeah. That works. <laughs> okay, Shannon, 1 through 11. What do, you, what do you want? Aw. Aw, buddy. This Aww. is really not that interesting for anyone. <laughs> you don't need to be nervous at all. Terrified. Plus, you, a you have a commanding... A commanding voice. Dave, Dave uh, Quizmaster's Geeks Who Drink and is uh, the voice of... A generation, really. I mean, I think it's really, it's been between you and Kanye for probably 10 years. Right. And I think you finally eked it out. Uh, yeah. yeah. And at one point I hosted a pirate radio show in Boulder. Yes. Way back did you really? Day. I did. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I was, we were in some industrial shed, but the transmitter was on somebody's like station wagon and just drove around Boulder. Oh, whenever. cool. Yeah. It was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was like legit pirate radio because yeah. that signal was moving. It was moving. Yeah. <laughs> KBFR, the beefer. The beefer? <laughs> <laughs> what was your show about? I don't even remember. It was awful. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Man, uh, as good as this or worse? It worse. Way oh, worse. Oh, well, that's still very low bar, so. I mean, we didn't have any, like, it was just me and my, like, giant uh, Case Logic CD thing. And I'm like, oh, well. nice. This one's got a scratch, so Eagle's greatest hit is It Is. That's right. Take it easy, friends. <laughs> Don't report the station wagon. <laughs> I love it. Did uh, you have a radio uh, name? Uh, just Dean Nice. Yeah. 
Okay. Just. Kind of, it's kind of been around for a while. That's, you know. Because it's like your social media handle, too, I think. It is, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. When you're tweeting. You never tweet. I don't tweet. Yeah. Do you have a Twitter? Uh, I feel like you do for some reason. Maybe it's that, just Dino on get, Instagram. Twitter gives you brain worms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's I love poisonous. it. I can't, it's, can't stop. It's a brutal hellscape. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> oh. Uh, so if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> our tag is at a vague idea pod. And on Instagram, at a vague idea podcast. Sure. You hurry. You could be follower number five. Yeah. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're up to like the low 20s now. Are we really? Yeah, I think so. That's Although amazing. I really don't pay that much attention to the Twitter because, honestly, out of all the social media I do for all of my jobs, including this, Twitter is the least active thing. Right. Like, people actually respond on Facebook. Uh, a few people reached out through the Instagram. To like, have they? And were like, this seems really cool. What do you guys do? Like, uh, And we're like, well, cool. I'll explain exactly what it says in the bio, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also bots being like, I want to collab with you. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand what that means. Like, <laughs> you're a robot. <laughs> you, you, you sell candles through Instagram. <laughs> Shannon, 1 through 11. All right, number three. Number three. Shannon Page, do you have a vague idea about the Estival Solstice? The Estival Solstice? Yes. I do not. Okay. All well, right. I, I, yeah, sure. All right, you, you, know, you know at least two, one of the two words. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Dave, Estival Solstice? Uh, vague idea. Okay, Shannon, let's talk about it. Uh, the Estival Solstice is the longest day of summer. And festival is another word for summer in some language. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's, that, is, that is correct. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's basically the, the, longest, the longest amount of daylight during the season. And one of my favorite things, which probably has nothing to do with this, but in New York they had a, um, a day where all the, um, the sunset would line up with the uh, with the street grid Manhattan Hinge Ma- yeah uh-huh. right that's what it was called I yeah think. something yeah. like that yeah which is that it's all perfectly aligned with the grid so the sun goes completely down like I don't know Fifth Avenue or Broadway or something I can't remember yeah that's something about like all that. I know about Sol- Solstice I feel like there's probably a lot of frolicking and I don't know dancing and uh, flower crowns and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that yeah. You've been to Oregon before. Some real <laughs> druid shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what can you add about the Estival Solstice? Well, not much more than Shannon added, except uh, that it also coincides with um, you just, every decade or so, the birthday of uh, the great Emilio Estevez. Ah, um, <laughs> I like that. I'm glad somebody went there. Me you know, from, uh, from uh, the Mighty Ducks, various other things like the Mighty Ducks. Uh, he's related to some folks, but that's really all I know. I mean, the Druid shit, Emilio, and Manhattan Hinge. It's what it is. Renowned brother of, uh, Carlos Estevez. That's right. Yeah. Rocky's pitcher. And, uh, son of Martino Estevez. I think that's his name now, isn't it? Like, cause, yeah, anyway. Uh, Martin and Charlie changed their names for acting purposes, and Emilio was like, nah, I'm gonna be this. It worked out for him. Cause he was like, yeah, I gotta define myself as not getting work. Yeah. After the mid-90s. You did a great job, though. D2 meant a lot to me. Yeah, it was a You good dated one. the Iceland chick. There was a whole hubbub about it. <laughs> they still won. <laughs> you remember D2, the Mighty I never, Ducks? I never saw any of the Mighty oh, Ducks you... movies. Okay. 
He was in Young Guns, though. Yeah. yeah that was a good one. Which, that's a, a movie you brought up, I've I brought think, that six up or seven lot, times yeah. on the show. <laughs> I didn't know how much I liked that movie till I was on this podcast, and I realized I mention it like every other episode. Maybe we should... So, I'm considering uh, expanding a vague idea into sort of a network and bringing other podcast concepts under it with different logos and maybe Ooh. we should do a Young Guns podcast <laughs> yes. where even conceptually it could be a six episode series where we watch the movie six times and talk about it with six different people I would that could be that. a lot of fun I don't know uh, anybody would enjoy listening to that but I would enjoy doing that oh like, hey, likewise there's someone there's someone <laughs> yeah. who will listen to it and whatever rule 56 Emilio. of the internet Emilio somebody's listen. jerking off to this right now so oh, we gosh. have an audience hmm. I'm glad you put that image in my head <laughs> Thanks. It doesn't have to be like a gross kind. It could be like very uh, balletic. I don't know. <laughs> I'm terrified with myself already and I'm not even a beer in. Mm. Uh, the summer solstice or estival solstice, also known as midsummer, occurs when one of the Earth's poles has its maximum tilt toward the sun. It happens twice yearly, once in the northern hemisphere and once in the southern hemisphere. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's usually like June 21st. 20, uh, 20th, 21st, or 22nd. Uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, it's December 20th, 21st, or 22nd. Mm-hmm. And uh, since prehistory, it's been seen as significant in many cultures and has been marked by festivals and rituals. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. Uh, some, cu- <laughs> <laughs> some cultural aspects. Solstice is derived from the Latin word sol, meaning sun, and sister, meaning to stand still. So there you go. Nice. We got some time to make some plans. Yeah. It's coming up. I, uh, it's two or three or four days away. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. However the moons go. I mean, the thing is, it could be right behind you. Right now. Ah. <laughs> I, uh, I quit my customer service job at a summer solstice party. Well, I was convinced to do so. Anyway. Uh, so that's my, sig- my my personal significance to the holiday is that I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, change my life path. <laughs> we were on. I was on the roof of uh, of Mezzo. What what is now whatever it is now. Whatever that building is that's on Tenth uh, and Sherman, I think. Oh, really yeah. tall tower yeah, yeah. that had the convenience store under it, but now it's kind of a rotating thing. Anyway, yeah, up on the roof of that, hanging out with a bunch of friends. Up on the changed roof. Changed my world. Yeah, like, a, like the Drifter song. Yeah, hmm. or like uh, Santa. Well, and yeah, the reindeer. Or, well, yeah. <laughs> a little different. What What did you uh, go to from that? I freelanced for about uh, two years. Just did freelance writing, so I like did procedure manuals for businesses and things. That's wild. Not man. the most uh, exciting work, but it was it was cool. It was writing. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that was terrifying was when I got to the end of that first year of freelancing, when I was like. I only made $17,000, and somehow I still owe 6000 in taxes? How did that happen? Garbage. Luckily, the current president made everything better, so we're fine. <laughs> 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 uh, long pause. Uh, Dave, I'm going to give you a point, and Shannon, I'm going to give you uh, two points. Ooh. And Dave, you get to pick one through ten. One through ten, let's go with nine. Number nine. All right. Do you have a vague idea, Dave? About the Blake Street Bombers. Oh, I've got a vague idea. All right. Shannon? Blake Street Bombers? Uh, I'll say yes. Okay. You'll, you'll probably have something. You, you might have something to add. <laughs> so, yeah, Dave, go ahead. Blake Street Bombers. Let's talk about them. Blake Street Bombers. Uh, right in my wheelhouse there is a uh, lineup for the uh, Colorado Rockies, I believe, 1995 96. They were just 
hitting a lot of dingers, just jacking dongs left and right. Who oh, we yeah. have uh... <laughs> just like one listener to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the supreme jackers on those teams were uh, Dante Bichette, Ellis Burks, Vinny Castilla. Oh yeah, Larry Walker. Yep, Larry. Uh, what? That's right. Sure. Andres Galarraga. <laughs> Yep. And, oh, the uh, big cat. The big cat. I know yeah. a thing. I know yeah, a you thing. Do. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And that's right when uh, Coors Field uh, opened, too. So it was, uh, it was a pretty t- exciting time for uh, Denver's uh, Major League Baseball infancy. Yeah. I still think of Coors Field as new. So do I. Like, I'm always like, oh, that new stadium downtown. Yeah. And it's 23 years old. Is it really? I yeah. think. 23 or 24 years old. Well, we don't see, like, a 23-year-old person and be like, Bogey. Yeah, right? <laughs> God, who left you out so long? <laughs> Great job, Dave. That was that was excellent. Shannon, what can you add about the Blake Street Bombers? Well, I added Big Cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Right. That's good. That's good. Uh, Coors Field is on Blake, which might uh, be a part of the reason they're named that. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really add a whole lot. There's It's... it's uh, those lineups were super important to my youth, and the fact that like we got baseball when I was like twelve years old mm-hmm. because they came here in ninety three, and I was a big fan of the iteration of the team prior to us getting Walker and everybody else. So like, I sort of still think Charlie Hayes is like a pseudo Blake Street bomber because he was yeah. one of those guys that was like, oh, one of my birthdays we were at a baseball game. Uh, I think at Mile High though, yeah, and uh, Galarraga. Uh, Bichette, Galarraga, and Hayes hit back-to-back-to-back home runs on my Ooh. birthday. We still lost the game because that's how the Rockies play. Right. But they lost like fifteen to four. Yeah. Right now, yeah. yeah. So. But but man, those three one-run homers were, they were all done. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, do you remember? That's do you remember what, what we were before we were the the Rockies? Well, we had the Denver Bears for a little while. I um, always remember the Zephyrs. And the yeah. Zephyrs, yeah, which they were a Triple A AAA team for. I don't remember who the Zephyrs fed. Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you went first because I thought it was going to be one of the gangs in Gangs of New York. Well, that would be fun. That would work, too. It, wouldn't it? It, it kind of sounded like that, right? Like, hey, we're the Blake Street Bombers. <laughs> we're, we're, a, we're a serious gang, but we're in the 20s, so we're going to talk like this. <laughs> we're going to stick you yeah. with the shins, see? I'm going to grab my tummy gun. <laughs> my knickers in a bun. <laughs> Which is actually... Completely wrong because I think Gangs of New York was like the 1800s. You're right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just very Irish people in Gangs of New yeah. York, right? They're Except right for Cameron time. Diaz, who can't do an accent for her life in that movie. Which, Same. You yeah, know, you can't really blame her. It's it's hard to do. Same dialect with a bit of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, I'm going to give you two points, and yeah. Shannon, I'm going to give you half a point. I will take it. And, sports uh, question. And Shannon, pick uh, one through uh, nine. Now I want to know what you were going to say. I was going to make a terrible joke about Blake Lively not being involved in the Blake Street Bombers. That's what I was going to say. No. Are you glad? Someone's now jerking off to that. Okay, I'm just going to move us on. I'm going to move us on. Six. <laughs> Number six. six. Oh, Shannon. Oh, Shannon. Oh, Shannon. I think you lie. It's time for Palm ou Palm de Terre. <laughs> Each week on Palm ou Palm de Terre, I present an object that is neither an apple, palm en français, or a potato, palm de terre en français. And uh, 
our guests have to tell us what which one it is. Is it an apple or a potato? This week, it is a uh, a pop bobblehead of Jack Porkins from the film Star Wars: A New Hope from 1977. Uh, is Jack Porkins a palm or a palm de terre? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this game so much. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to admit I'm unfamiliar with his character. He, uh, he was a... Which, uh, which one was he? Can I get... He was, he was Red Six, so he was the sixth X-Wing pilot in the uh, attack on the Death Star at the end of the film. Uh, he is notably heavy set, uh, more so than any of the other uh, pilots on in the group. Well, that's enough. Um, enough said. Okay. Red Six, heavy set. He's red and round. He is an apple. All right. <laughs> Great. Dave, what do you think? What, what, what's Jack Porkins? Is he an apple or do you think he's a potato? Oh, look at those apple cheeks. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Perfectly like... framed by his, his strangely manicured beard. Yeah. I was talking about his ass, but... Um, Ooh, hey And he flies in the air. You know. Actually, that is a little nice little Funko ass there. Yeah. Way to go. Is that what they're called? Funkos? Yeah, Funko. <laughs> so I'm gonna like wholeheartedly agree with Shannon. Alright. Apples. Home. I think that's I think that's correct. Very good. I'm gonna give you both two points. I think I only got one. You think? Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna give Shannon three points. Okay. I'm gonna give you two points. Right. Two points is like my threshold on Palm and Palm to Oh, okay. For All this right. game. Okay. So alright, Porkins. Uh, <laughs> little he's, Porkins. You've seen that uh, that I think you should leave show. There's a Oh, there's a there's a baby named Porkins on that show. I'll just Aww. leave it there. I don't want to like shill for some Netflix show that I haven't been paid for. Yeah, uh, Netflix. If <laughs> yeah. you want to get in touch with Dave, he's at Denov on Twitter. <laughs> you can get him to shill for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he made that clear. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready, and we'll take any sponsorship you have to offer. Sponsor uh, a vague idea, brought to you by. That Porkins thing. Yeah, brought to you by the baby on Porkins. Yeah, and this action figure. And uh, we could uh, easily turn this into all questions just being about Netflix shows. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I will saying. say uh, I watched the Netflix movie I Am Mother, which is like a sci-fi mm-hmm. with a robot. Uh, the robot's voiced by Rose Byrne. Uh, there's a young Ooh. actress in it who I, I don't remember her name, and I should. She's phenomenal. Uh, and, um, shoot, Million Dollar Baby is in it. What's that actress's name? Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank, yes, thank you. Yeah, Hilary Swank's in it. Really cool, uh, uh, sort of dystopian future movie. Uh, very cool, you should check it out. It's on Netflix now. But he's shilling uh, without the money. That's yeah, right. well, I'm just gonna shill because it's, it's good sci-fi. It's really good yeah. sci-fi, and I appreciate when that I'm happens, because it's rare. Dave, one through eight, what are you, what are you feeling? Number three. Number three. All right. Do you have a vague idea about the summer of love? Yeah, I got a vague idea about that. Okay. Shannon, the summer of love? Sure. Great. Dave, start us off. Summer of love. Was that 1969? You're close. Nice. Yeah. So, summer of love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Summer of love, uh, traditional uh, thought of as uh, the, I guess, the nexus, the zenith of, uh, of the hippie. Uh, revolution, generation, free love, acid, flower, um, San Francisco, hate Ashbury, Credence, which not from the <laughs> South, from San Francisco, but with Southern accent. With Southern accent, that's right. You can't watch a 
Can't watch a Vietnam movie without hearing Fortunate Son. I don't know why. You can't watch a jeans commercial without hearing Fortunate Son. That's true. Nowadays it's changed. Baby Boomer's like, no, we're reclaiming our time we're with our dad jeans. just going to take the part where he says, born to wave the flag, and we'll yeah. stop there. Yeah. Cut out all the parts about this all bullshit. Yeah. Um, but, so, free love, all that, but uh, I think that, it, I guess it was 68, because then it was the 68 Democratic National Convention, everything kind of fell apart You're much then. closer now, but you're still not nah, exactly correct. Anyway, I'm it's close fine. enough. Yeah, 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 close enough for me. Baby boomers fucked everything up. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Great, yeah, no, hey, I completely agree. I love my parents and my parents' friends, but their generation did yeah. a great job. Shannon, what can you say about the summer love? Uh, it was 67. Yes! Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Good stuff. I, I didn't know that. You just kept going. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Not going higher. Yeah. Um, 1982. <laughs> <laughs> it was very uh, Estivoli. Um, oh, no, yeah. Ooh. Flower crowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of flower crowns. Druids. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely people were like, I'm a druid. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure some people were. At least nine Especially people. Especially after the LSD. Mm. Yeah. They were like, I'm a druid and I'm jerking off right now. That's what they're doing. That's the theme of the episode, I guess. I'm to keep referring to, to masturbation. Shannon, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the theme was supposed to be summer, <laughs> but we pivoted pretty hard here. There's no better time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Uh, the Summer of Love was a social phenomenon that occurred during the summer of 1967, when as many as 100,000 people, mostly young people sporting hippie fashions or of dress and behavior, converged on San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury. Good, good neighborhood drop, Dave. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> although hippies also gathered in many other places in the U.S., Canada, and Europe, San Francisco was at the time the most publicized location for the subculture. Uh, especially that, uh, what's that guy's name who did the, if you're going to San Francisco, wear a flower in your hair song? Oh. Scott something? What's that cat's name? Yeah. It's a Stevens? good one. No. It's on, uh, is it on, which sound, is it on the Forrest Gump soundtrack? It is. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Uh, Scott McKenzie. There it is. is. It turns out there's actually just a tab about that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, inspired by the beat generation uh, of authors of the 50s who had flourished in the North Beach area of San Francisco and gathered at Haight-Ashbury, uh, those who gathered at Haight-Ashbury during 1967 allegedly rejected the conformist and materialist values of modern life. Though, I think in, in retrospect, what we've realized is they sort of rejected it in a entirely sort of self-important way and not in a way of like, hey, we should be better, at, we should be aware of this. There's like... There's like ad busters versus uh, just a, being in a meme group on Facebook kind of thing. <laughs> if, that, if that parallel makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, the prelude to the Summer of Love was a celebration known as the Human Bee Inn at Golden Gate Park on January 14th of 1967, which was produced and organized by artist Michael Bowen. We all know Michael Bowen, so I'm yeah. not going to go into him any further. Uh, that. <laughs> that, that was informative. Um, yeah. I'm going to tie this to Netflix, Ooh. since that's our newest sponsor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they have that new show, uh, Tales of the City, which is a continuation of a people of, of the Amistad Moppin yeah, yeah. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if anybody hasn't read that or seen the original miniseries, which I think was on PBS back in the day, I don't know where you'd get it now, but the books are amazing. The original PBS miniseries was amazing. And I think it all took place during the summer of love. Mm. Right on. 
hey, Netflix, way to go. <laughs> uh, you can, I'll, I'll save my bank account number later in the show. Great. Dave, it's I'm going to give you two points. The next challenge is you have to tie every question to a Netflix show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, let's not do that. <laughs> right, we'll, have an ep- we'll do an entire episode called Netflix and Chill where it will just be about uh, Netflix and probably, I guess, masturbation again. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, Dave, I'm going to give you two points. Shannon, I'm going to give you a point. And Shannon, you get to pick one through seven. Uh, let's go with number seven. Let number me number seven. seven. All right. Shake them up. And see, you you got past the 33% problem with Pommel Pom de Terre. Like, the last two weeks, we've gotten down to the last three, and Shannon's like, oh no. It's coming. So, don't you feel better? I it's do feel, like I feel it, a little you, The band aid just came yeah. right off. Now, now you're free. Uh, do you have a vague idea about beach blanket bingo? I do. Great. Dave, beach blanket bingo? Vague idea. Vague. All right. Shannon, let's talk about it. All right. I have... I believe Beach Blanket Bingo is a movie from, uh, I want to say 50s, but it's probably more from the 60s. And I think it starred in in Annette Funicello type. If not her, yeah. oh, I'm, oh right. you've got a, you've got so a much the type that yes, it's an infinite uh, All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll just confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was about teenagers on the beach having fun, and they would often stand up in the sand and do the twist. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> that's basically what I, mean, I know about it. We could make a uh, a parody for Netflix uh, uh, right now, probably. And it was it was very much about being young and being carefree and dancing on the beach and there were probably like famous bands that were in it but none that i can name off the top of my head there is one person who's in this movie that i never would have imagined so if either of you gets it awesome but if not i will i will surprise all of us because it's like whoa really because it's actually a pretty uh respected uh, person in my uh, in comedy I'll Al Pacino. I'll give you that much. In comedy. <laughs> Al Pacino's only funny now because he's not trying. <laughs> so, Annette Lenny Fun- Bruce. Mm. Oh, man. That would have been, been wild. Yeah, this beach is pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Let's play some bingo. <laughs> Fuck bingo. Fuck bingo. Arrest me. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what can you say about beach blanket oh, yeah, bingo? Was it, so, Annette Funicello... Uh, it was Frankie Valley. Was it was he the That's, I different to say Frankie? That. I wanted Frank. to say that Frank. You know who it is. Oh man. But I, I I know I know where I know where you're at. I can see it. I mean, then yeah. I was gonna also say Frankie Valley. Do you no, can remember his like cameo appearance Frankie on some Avalon? episode of Frankie Avalon? Is that a person? Is that there a person? it is. There you go. Frankie <laughs> Avalon. That's right. AF and FA. There it is. That's good to remember. <laughs> Mnemonic device for next time. Or Mel Brooks? Would Mel Brooks be the one that's? No, oh. it, way way weirder than that. Like, way uh, weirder than Mel Brooks. I guess huh? like this particular comedian who I think is still alive now, but is known for uh, harsh comedy, doesn't seem like a fit in a beach movie. That's all I'm saying. Oh, harsh comedy. Not Richard like, Pryor. No, but it's not like He's, mean harsh. It's nice harsh. Nice harsh. Okay. Yeah. Bobcat Goldblatt. Oh, ah. Rickles. Yes, Don Rickles. Correct. Yeah, and I just Don Rickles like, was in the movie. I just, yeah, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like the kids get up, they dance and all that. And I just imagine like all the like the whole story is like let the kids have fun 
and all the, you know, there's the parents who are like, hey, knock that off. And knock then the ice cream off. salesman, hey, knock that off. It's just a bunch of old folks saying, knock it off while kids are dancing. Like, we're not sure. going to stop. Yeah. We're doing the twist. Yeah. You can't stop that's me. Right. I'm in a polka dot bikini. Yeah, that's going to cause pregnancy. <laughs> It's about pregnancy. That's going to cause pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. You with your dancing and your one-piece swimsuits. Is it beach blanket, bingo, beach blanket, It's got to be. No, there's a, if there's, it's not, that's what it. the Netflix yeah. version is going to use as their theme song. Oh, you, you know either. they were just like, just fucking blast out of their minds on coke when all the camera oh. stopped rolling. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Well, because like, they're, they're all seasoned oh. child actors from the 50s and 60s where that's what they did. They were yeah. like, well, hey, you're getting tired? Here, Judy Garland, take some uppers. Get back out there. You're nine. <laughs> you think you think nobody else can hit those fucking marks, bitch? That's what they would say. It's horrible. Do you know that's what, during, the that's the true story of the Wizard of Oz. I'm during sorry. During Wizard of Oz, they kept calling her a chubby pig. I know that's, that's I've awful. heard about that. Which that's yeah. awful. Yeah, and then they'd give her uppers, and then they'd give her downers yeah. for like two hours, and right. then they'd wake her up and be like, "Here, take this upper now. Get back out there, you chubby pig." Yeah. Oh. Hollywood, you know, Ugh. right? I mean, really, we, we've made just it America. Weird. We made it weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just America. Beach blanket, uh, bingo. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me shaking yeah. my ass. But <laughs> we're all, we're all doing it. We're all, we're all twisting in our chairs. Beach blanket bingo is an American international pictures beach party film released in 1965, directed by William Asher. It's the fifth and the best known film in the beach party film series. Mm-hmm. It stars Frankie Avalon and Met Funicello. Linda Evans, who later mm-hmm. I think is in Dynasty or Dallas. Both, I think. Yeah, something like that. She was in a bunch of all stuff. Of them. In she that had era. big hair and shoulder pads in the 80s. Yeah. That's uh, all it took. Deborah Wally, Paul Lind, uh, another person who. Yeah. Uh, and you could get Paul Lind being in this movie. Yeah. And Don Rickles, which that was just surprising to me. Uh, Buster Keaton also appears in the film, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Um, the movie uh, cost $175,000 back then. Uh, the plot is a singer, Sugar Kane, played by Linda Evans, is unwittingly being used for a publicity stunt uh, for her latest album by her agent, Paul Lind. For example, faking a skydiving stunt that's usually performed by Bonnie, who's played by Deborah Wally. Meanwhile, Frankie, obviously Frankie Avalon, takes up skydiving at Bonnie's prompting, wants to make her boyfriend jealous, and this prompts Dee Dee, Annette Funicello, to also try skydiving. So it's basically a movie where all these people skydive in bikinis <laughs> or uh, tiny little trucks uh, pretty pretty exciting there was a parody of these movies in the 90s called Psycho Beach Party I was going to bring that up thank you yes because wow. it has because it had Nicholas Brendan in it Z- Xander Harris from Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well oh, yeah. as what's her face uh, uh, the girl from Six Feet Under yes Lauren Ambrose yeah mm-hmm. good memory but I can't remember the the guy who wrote it because it was a play originally, and he's amazing. He's written a ton of great plays, and his name I've totally lost. Oh, but it's look. it's uh it's one of these beach party movies. But it turns out one of them is a murderer. Ooh, I like it. Do, do, do. What's it? Wait, what's it called again? Psycho Beach Party. Psycho, Psycho Beach, beach party. party. Charles Bush. Charles Bush. That's it. There you go. There's your there's your guy. Uh, Thomas Gibson, Greg from Darman Greg, is mm. also in the film, as well as Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Oh, wow. Douglas County High School's own That's Amy Adams. Right. She graduated from my high school five years before I did, or so. I'm just so proud of her for being able to like rise up from Douglas County. Right? I know. Delivered because days. the rest of us haven't been so lucky, Amy. Yeah. No. Amy, we love you. Uh, you were Open great. Open invite to the show. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Amy Adams, come on the show, hosted by another DC Husky. Woo! That's right. Tweet at me, at Nate Rigoli. Or you can sponsor uh, it, and we'll do an Amy Adams show. Yeah! We can talk about uh, Enchanted, and... Uh, Other things she's been uh, in. That movie she was in with Christian Bale and everybody. What's the, the new HBO series she's oh, in? Oh, uh, 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 something cuts. Something wounds. Chernobyl. 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 <laughs> <laughs> She plays Chernobyl. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those. She's radiant. Real. She's, she's a she, she is. She's gold. radiant. I mean. <laughs> Aww. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm gonna give you both a point and a half. Yeah. Sharp edges. Is that it? Yes. That sounds right. Oh, that, sounds that right. was actually really good. Yeah. yeah I want to watch that. Really one. good. Written um, by Jillian Flynn. Yeah. Yes. Writer of Gone Girl. Yep. Also, open invite on the show, Julian Flynn. Come on in. <laughs> Why is this turned into the pitch show? <laughs> I'm drinking wine. Wine, if you want to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> give us a yeah. give us an email. Uh, uh, great. So, yeah, you both got a point and a half. Um, I don't even remember what the original question was. Beach blanket bingo. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> She's got to get more of a point and a half than that. We got psycho beach yeah, okay, that's, party. that's, you know, you're right, Dave, you're right. I'm going to give Thank Shannon you. two and a half Thank points you. to your one and a half. Um, <laughs> Dave, one through six. One through six, let's go with uh, five spot. Five spot, all right. Do you have a vague idea about Jack LaLanne? Oh, yeah, I got a vague idea about Jack LaLanne. All right, great. Shannon, <laughs> Jack LaLanne? I mean, it sounds like I'm not going to have a lot to add afterwards, but I'll try. <laughs> okay, okay. Dave, let's talk about Jack LaLanne. All right. So Jack LaLanne is amazing. So I became aware of him in either the late 80s, or early 90s on like um, infomercials. And he, he was Same. a big fitness guy. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know, 99 and he's just like bench pressing the shit out of thing. And he's like, look how strong I am. It looked real weird. Like just an old dude, wrinkly, but like jacked. Uh, <laughs> He was always like, wearing like that kind of one piece short sleeve like, jumpsuit thing. Yeah, too, like and it was, was like popular galore. in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, like a terry cloth like, powder blue jumpsuit. And he had like the weird uh Caesar Romero Batman mustache sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. he didn't. Uh but like, you know, for like six easy payments of forty three dollars, you can get the Jack LaLanne fitness thing, you get an extra rubber uh exercise band <laughs> with it, and you never die, and then one day he died. He did. He did eventually die. Though way later than you would imagine. Anyway. Right, he was like 102. Yeah, he was close. To, well, yeah. How old was he? That's crazy. Yeah, he was almost. Anyway. Shannon. He was um, 64. Didn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was 26 years old. Yeah. I feel like I, uh, Dennis Leary did a bit about how he died jogging. And I don't know if that's true or if Dennis Leary just made that up. But I mean, knowing Dennis Leary. <laughs> hey, Dennis, be on the show. No. Yeah. He, had, he had a whole bit about how smokers live to be a thousand and Jack LaLanne died while jogging. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he also was doing infomercials for, like, blenders to do energy drinks oh. or protein drinks or something. Yeah, 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 I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, and on Arrested Development, Martin Short played a character that was kind of a parody of him. <laughs> that was like the super jack dude, but he had to be like carried around like a baby. <laughs> That's such a good memory. I forgot about that completely. Oh my God. Uh, and you brought it back to Netflix. <laughs> Season five available now. <laughs> it's a recut. It's all the other seasons. <laughs> just mash That's them just, all they're just going to keep recutting them over and over again. 
Uh, Francois-Henri Jack Lalaine uh, was born September 26, 1914, two days after my birthday, but several years before, uh, and died January 23rd, 2011. He was 96 years old. Mm. He lived a good long life. Oh, then that's, that's a not long who time. Dennis Leary was talking about, because Dennis Leary's thing was in the 90s. Oh, okay. I wonder who he was talking about. Uh, he was an American fitness exercise and nutrition expert and a motivational speaker who is sometimes referred to as the godfather of fitness and the first fitness superhero. He described himself as being a sugarholic and a junk food junkie until he was 15 years old. And he had a behavior... Who isn't? He also had behavioral <laughs> problems, but he, quote, turned his life around after listening to a public lecture about the benefits of good nutrition by health food pioneer Paul Bragg. 15? Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, Jack. Sorry, I got Bragg's, so tough on you. Uh, I mean, everybody, like, uh, everybody thought they were going to die at 50 when they, they were 15 back I guess, then, yeah, so. you're even closer to your yeah. midlife crisis if you're going to have him. <laughs> Is uh, that Paul Bragg of like Bragg's candy. apple cider vinegar? I, I would hope. And Ooh. the like, soy yeah. sauce yeah. substitute thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, during his career, he came to believe that the country's overall health depended on the health of its population and referred to physical culture and nutrition as the salvation of America. But he didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about food deserts and social determinants. No. Of but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he yeah, was yeah. on the I right. Mean, I mean, he meant well. Yeah. Uh, in the way that anybody who's like, oh, well, you guys should just eat better. Yeah. Uh, we're going to just make a salad. Well, yeah. we don't have vegetables. Well, uh, buy my buy books. A salad. Buy my books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Free blender. <laughs> <laughs> Decades before health and fitness began being promoted by celebrities like Jane Fonda and Richard Simmons, Lane was already widely recognized for public preaching the health benefits of regular exercise and a good diet. He had a TV show called The Jack Lane Show from 1953 Ooh. to 1985. Ooh. What? And as early as 1936, at age 21, he opened one of the nation's first fitness gyms in Oakland, California, which became a prototype for dozens of similar gyms bearing his name. Oh, can we blame him for CrossFit? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Lalane gained recognition for his success as a bodybuilder, as well as his prodigious feats of strength. He used to go on, like, the Today Show and do, and, like, lift crazy things just for, like, a segment. It was, like, right before whoever, oh, right before uh, Willard Scott would do the weather. He'd be like, oh, (laughs) we're going to throw to Jack Lane. He's going to pick up an RV. Great. Woof. And then that was it. Uh, (laughs) And now, brought to you by Smuckers, this person lived to be 100. (laughs) Look at old Edna in her chair waiting for death. (laughs) Now Jack Lane's going to throw her into the the abyss. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger once exclaimed that Jack Lalane's an animal. After the 54-year-old Lalane beat the 21-year-old Schwarzenegger badly in an informal contest, it doesn't say what kind of contest, but you know, I'm sure it was staring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it was just enunciating in English. When when Arnold was 21, he was not uh, a great uh, speaker of English, yeah. as all of his movies would demonstrate great job guys i do want to see that was the the twitter brainworms right there jack lane's trying to like make these kids healthy and i'm like cancel his ass he didn't know about social determinants of health (laughs) well i mean you you guys doing his goddamn best and i'm over here shitting on him (laughs) we can always do better dave brainworms i like that you accused jack lane of not being aware of food deserts Because probably, and, and in fairness, he probably did live most of his life in a time where other than very uh, isolated, ghettoized parts of the country, people had access to food. Yeah, I'm thinking like he's... People were probably like growing food in their yards and stuff when Jack Lane was going up, right? 
I didn't know, like, he went through the Depression, sounds like, you know, and then came through, and it was probably, like, one of the first settlers of Palm Springs. (laughs) (laughs) Palm, Palm de Terre. Yeah. (laughs) So, just, like, swimming pools and fresh produce for that dude. yeah, it's just like, oh, well, there's there's nothing to beach for miles, I guess I'll just uh, park my diesel-engined... Chevy over here and right. start doing push-ups until some people move in. Uh, we're going to judge you on our standards, Jacqueline. What a pioneer. Um, <laughs> miss that guy. Dave, I'm going to give you two points, and Shannon, I'm going to give you one point. And Shannon, you get to pick one through five. Five. Number five. It's time to play Beach Please. <laughs> For Beach Please, each of you just need to name two famous beaches. So Shannon, can you name two famous beaches? Rockaway. Great. And Malibu. All right. Dave, two famous beaches. Pacific and Manhattan. Great. Good job. You both get a point. No one uh, no one said Normandy Beach, even though we just uh, celebrated our veterans uh, killing some Nazis. Cancel our ass. <laughs> Cancel us. <laughs> you hear that twit? Oh, <laughs> Great job. You're both, getting, you're both getting a point. And Dave, you get to pick. One through four. Three. Number three, it's time to play Fuck, Mary Kill. Ooh. <laughs> this week for Fuck, Mary Kill, you each have the uh, the choice to fuck, marry, or kill the following people. Mark Summers, former host of Double Dare Ooh. and host of uh, the Food Network show that I can't remember the title of. Scott Summers, X-Man, who is Cyclops. Oh, yeah. And Summer Smith, uh, eldest daughter of the Smith family on Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. So, Dave, who will you fuck? Who will you marry? And who will you kill? Mm. I'm going to go with Scott Summers for, uh, for fuck. Okay. Just seems fun. <laughs> Can't really look him in the eyes, but... <laughs> That's kind of how I roll. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Don't All right. Wanna, don't wanna, if you don't want to see the tears, don't look at me. Uh, kill, I'm going to go with uh, what, Summer Smith, because you know what? I don't know Rick and Morty that well. I'm really mad he's going to kill me. All right. He's okay. Still, that's why I'm, yeah. I mean, and you're now going to be canceled because Twitter, I know, loves Rick and Morty. That, that so Twitter loves Rick and Morty. It's over. It's over for you. But, I mean, the reason I'm doing it is because Dan Harmon was an asshole, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is he the one? Sure. He's the one? Yeah, well, yeah there, were, there was a thing where he kind of was, but it wasn't, I mean, he wasn't got out really of like, yeah, you got in Like, he okay. was like, hey, I, I, Good. All right, take that back, Dan Harmon. No slander. Hashtag Netflix. Um... <laughs> And then marry Mark Summers, because, you know, I loved Double Dare growing up. Just loved it. Such a good one. And I also, uh, it's very close to my heart, his uh, obsessive compulsiveness. Sure. I was brought on, I think it was Oprah one time, and the two fingers with the the hangers. Yeah. 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 That speaks to me. I think that's the reason he quit Double Dare, right? Right. Because I I can't keep getting, like, the slime stuff. The slime was uh, enough for uh, him. It was like... Can you imagine yeah, yeah, getting paid so handsomely and being such a beloved figure? And it's like every time you show up to work, you're like, please kill me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> being a real Howie Mandel about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon. Um, I am also going to fuck Scott Summers. Okay. Because he's cool. an X-Man. And uh-huh. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that X-Man can do? He's also like remarkably... Like I don't know, he's he's noble and he's very devoted. Like I, as far as loving Jean Grey, like he's he's there, he's right there. Well, I mean that's not about fucking though. No, it's true. He'd cuddle afterwards. <laughs> I think he would. Yeah. Oh, he would so cuddle. Yeah. 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 yeah he's he's a cuddler. Wolverine's sure. getting up and he's taking a shower. Yeah. Scott sure. Scott's gonna cuddle with you. Yeah. If it's good enough for Jean Grey, if it's good enough for the Phoenix. 
It's good enough for me. Um, I'm going to marry Summer. Okay. Because okay. then maybe I can go on adventures with Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Mm. Although marrying into that family, you're not very well respected. <laughs> no. But I'm going to give a shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to kill Mark Summers because... Oh. I tried to get on friggin' Double Dare so many times when I was a kid, <laughs> and they never wrote me back, and I always sent him my postcard, and fuck those guys. And as we know, Mark Summers was personally responsible for deciding who came on the show and who did not, so... Yes. I think that's a perfectly valid thing yeah. to say. Yeah, probably not, yeah. never got to the postcards because of, like, the obsessive hand-washing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just always... Always wet hands covered with like, alcohol, like, and the oh, ink the just ink. runs on it. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's over. Uh, great, you're both going to get three points. Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shannon? Yes. We're back to you? Yes. Okay, one, two, or three? Three. Number three. It's time for another mini game. Oh we're my gonna goodness. Play, we're going to play uh, Zodiac Attack. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. Stars and stuff. Uh, uh, Shannon? Uh, so I just need you to name uh, one summer zodiac sign. Leo. Well done, Dave. Can you name one of the two remaining summer zodiac signs? Cancer. Well done. Excellent. The other one was Virgo. And I, I was uh, a cheater because I was born in the summer, and that's my zodiac. Well, no, hey, that's totally same Z. Nice. Are you? You're you're a Cancer. No, I'm a Leo. Oh, you're you're both. Ooh, when's your birthday? Oh. August 16th. We can cut this out if you don't want it to no, be on there. Knowledge. <laughs> if you want to send Dave gifts, you can send them to uh, 1164. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Madonna? Do you share a birthday with Madonna? I do. Wow. When's your birthday? July 28th. Ooh, yeah. I share a birthday with Elizabeth Berkeley and Sally Struthers. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're so excited to give money to starving children. I'm so scared. <laughs> I like that these are my role models. <laughs> I am just like Sally Struthers and Elizabeth Berkeley. I, I share a birthday with Jim Henson. Mm. Aww, September 24th. You do. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, also a Virgo, which, then. I'm a, I'm a Libra. Oh, like, you're the net, yeah, I'm sorry. Beginning, very beginning of Libra. Uh, though, someone would say that I exhibit the perfection things that Virgos do. Right. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> Not illustrated in this program at all. No. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten just, really into the, uh, I don't know, uh, if you're iPhone users... Uh, but there is um, an app, CoStar. Oh! So you plug in your birth date, your birth time, all that stuff, and it gives you all your moons. It's Whoa, so good. Cool. It's wild. Oh, okay. It's wild. That sounds fun. I'm into that. It's called CoStar. CoStar. Hey, CoStar, if you want to sponsor the show. <laughs> At CoStar. <laughs> Hashtag stuff. Netflix. According <laughs> to their website, Android version coming soon. Ooh. And, <laughs> you know, friend good. people, so it's like, ooh. And, you, and then you what know what notes? everybody's like doing. Uh, what, what, I can't remember. Something there's like some Gemini rising in there. I don't know. It's a bad moon rising. I think I have I have some Aries stuff, which is like that's my dad's birthday. My okay. dad's an Aries. Oh, uh, Jenny's also an Aries. So mm. uh, my mom is a uh, is Feb- beginning of February, so I think Aquarius, Pisces. Something I actually that. really think, don't know. Yeah. Pisces probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give you both a point. <laughs> Great fine. job for that. That's Moons. Fine. Yeah, moons, stars, uh, characters in the sky. Solstice. Dave, you get to pick one or two. Two. Number two. Do you have a vague idea about Rick, the wild thing Vaughn? Oh, I've got an idea about that. Okay, good. <laughs> You're so excited. <laughs> Shannon, 
Do you have an, uh, a vague idea about I mean, Rick also, the Wild Thing Vaughn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Dave, let's start talking about Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn. Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn. Uh, ex-felon. Speaking of Emilio Estevez. Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of Carlos yeah. Estevez. Yeah. Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn was an ex-felon and relief pitcher for uh, the Cleveland Indians in the 1989 flick uh, Major League. Oh, yes. Uh, he was awful to start with. He had his uh, signature uh, Z stripes in his hair and the big, thick uh, uh, Coke bottle glasses. Uh, once he got his stuff together, he was a feared, feared uh, a relief pitcher for a movie that is so funny. Uh, also, great. the brother of Emilio Estevez. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, Charlie Sheen plays Rick Vaughn. Who is Carlos Estevez? Carlos Estevez. Who is Emilio Estevez's brother? Carlos <laughs> Estevez is actually a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies right now. Oh. Which and then they play oh, the Wild Thing oh. song when it comes out. Shut Whoa. up. See, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's layers. That's layers. They actually do. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. I feel like he got the glasses, and that's when he became. That's good. right, because he because he was see. like resistant to do it because he's cool guy. Yeah, it didn't look cool. Yeah. And he could throw real fast. He was like he was wearing like, a sleeveless leather jacket at some yeah. point yeah. while pitching, yeah. which was... Yeah, spring training yeah. Yeah, the leather jacket. <laughs> I think that was like some of the uh, golden uh, Charlie Sheen. So it was like that, his one scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. Amazing. Classic. Yep, yep. Um, men at work. Men at work. With his oh, yeah. brother. Yeah, with Emilio. Indeed. We're working together! <laughs> Finally! We brought these two Estevez kids together. That's right. Platoon, which I think had a fortunate son in it. it I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know about Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn. Great. Shannon, what can you add? Oh, I mean, other than describing the plot of <laughs> Major League, I don't think I can add much. Uh, Corbin Bernstein was his friend (laughs) from L.A. Law. And uh, I think he screwed up a game because he got drunk and slept with somebody he wasn't supposed to sleep with. Sounds right. And he was like, oh, shit. Um, But then he came back and he saved saved it all. Saved the day. And he had a teammate that had a troll doll as a voodoo doll in his locker. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Pedro Serrano. (laughs) (laughs) And there were... There were very little fans in the stands when they started, and then everybody got excited about him and would uh, dress up for them to play the wild thing when he came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of those fans, uh, Randy Quaid being the most notable. Was he really? Randy Quaid is the loudmouth Cleveland Indians fan who who vacillates constantly between, like, you guys suck, to, like, oh, my God, you're the best ever. Uh, <laughs> Do uh, I. Yeah. Also, also in this film, uh, you have Tom Berenger, uh, yep. the substitute. Uh, you have Wesley Snipes. You have uh, he's Willie Mays Hayes, right? Yeah, Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> Bob Euchre, uh, Rene Russo, mm. just a bit outside. Dennis Haysbert is Pedro Serrano, yeah. also the future president on Twenty Four, and he now still tells you to get Allstate insurance. And Corbin Burton. Yeah, it's a great job. Yeah, Was he's a Rene Russo, the fictional baseball player. The the. Uh, the owner's daughter that was going to sell the team? He, she was uh, Tom Berenger's girlfriend, I think. Yeah. And he, Tom Berenger's like a the 35-year-old yeah. catcher who's no, like... No, but who was the actress? Was it Renee Russo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, wasn't the, she wasn't the but selling team. The that's owner. Major League Two. No, there's where, the owner. There's the owner oh. wife. 
whatever Wife, daughter. daughter, yeah. yeah. So she, like, inherited it. She's like, if we can get... If we can get uh, attendance down, we can sail to Florida. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Margaret Ann Witten uh, plays, okay, so uh, not... plays Rachel Phelps. And they had a they had a stand up of her. And every time they won a game, they took off a piece of clothing. That's yeah. right. That's <laughs> not troublesome. <laughs> no, not at all. Canceled. Totally fine. Hashtag Netflix. Uh, uh, Neil Flynn also plays one of the uh, fans who you might know as the janitor from Scrubs. Among other acting mm. roles that he's had. Oh. Yeah. But you said Neil Finn. I was like, Crowded House? Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah, great. Um, let's see. You're both going to get... Uh, I'm going to give you both two points yeah. for that. No, I totally piggybacked. No, no. You had some good stuff in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that I could have gotten it if I had been first, though. I would have been like, who? And then only once you brought it up was I like, oh, I did, know everything about we this We almost did the entire movie. I think you both got a lot of points for that. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a, a lot that's been happening, and that's, and that's a good thing. Uh, so, Shannon, I think you get the last topic, right? All right. So do you have a vague idea about The Boys of Summer, the song? I do. <laughs> All right, and Dave does. I certainly <laughs> as, do. As evidenced by the gleeful <laughs> sound you just emitted. Wait, I'm going to screw it up now. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> This is more for me, not about the song. <laughs> Shannon, the Wait, boys of summer. Can I hear how it goes a little bit? No, you gotta ah! do it first. Okay, okay. It's gonna, we're gonna add it the uh, the bumper and post. <laughs> no, I'm gonna play it after after we talk a little bit. I'll play some. I'm worried that I'm getting it confused with summer of '69, which has been in my head since we talked about yeah, it's not that the one. summer of love. Yeah. But nice. I know I know it, but nice. I can't think of it because I only have summer of '69 in my head. Nice. <sighs> I mean, I know I know it. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and now my brain's like making up its own song where it's like, boys of summer. And I know that's not it. <laughs> it's like a jingle. <laughs> like popsicles. Boys of summer. <laughs> I yeah, can't get there. You're Alexander the Grapes. And, uh... <laughs> I can't get there. I can't mm. get there. Okay. Okay. Dave, right. let's talk about Boys of Summer. Yeah. Boys of Summer. Don Henley song. Yep. On his album, Building the Perfect Beast. Yes. I want to well say it was done. 1987. song was written by Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers yeah. fame. We yeah. sing a little bit of it so uh, I can get it the right uh, thing. Yeah. That's the one. So... <laughs> and uh, you know, Mike Campbell originally brought this to Tom Petty, and Tom Petty's like, "Nah, I don't know if that's really our our jam." So he said, "You know, go ahead." And Don Henley took it, and it was like the song of that summer. Oh yeah! And the video is really cool, all black and white, and it's just Don Henley like driving in a Cadillac with some like interspersed shots of people playing volleyball in the sands, all black and white, and a lot of it's just him like looking in the rearview mirror. Pretty arty. Got the classic line, saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac, which kind of goes to the, uh, like we talked earlier about the boomers fucking everything up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deadhead sort of like, a, oh, hey, yeah. we didn't manage to do anything because yeah. rich people are still like, oh, I like the dead. So that's the history of the song. But me personally, Dave, it, I, I will I will fight people. I'll be like, it comes on and every time I'm like, this is a perfect song. I don't know. It just is. It's a perfect song. I can see why Tom Petty would be like, not for us, just because it is, uh, it's a little more, it's not, it's not a ballad, but it's a little more like, it's not quite a kind of structured 
driving right. folk song, the way folk pop song yeah. that, that Tom Petty would do. But it's still, yeah, it's amazing. You got so. that, that driving synth riff. Yeah. Which, yeah, not something I say a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now that, now that I'm on the same page, can I add something? You yeah. certainly yeah, yeah, can. Absolutely. We can talk about this for another hour if you want. In the <laughs> mid-2000s, somebody covered it, and they changed it to say a black flag sticker on a Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> the gall-dang Ataris. I hope they just a lot. Yeah, no, that's First time that happened, it was like, that's when I got old. I mean, I was like 17 when that happened, but... Yeah, 2003 was when the Ataris got... Oh, I was a little older than 17. For, on their album, So Long Astoria. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. You, you I don't need to them. change that. Like, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you, but get, get off the bus. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's, but, that's not a contribution cover, right? Like, do right. something different with it. Rearrange it or something. Right, right. Yeah, no, don't they just change, the exact, like... They did the exact same like, oh, thing, and they just changed that. Yeah, that's I mean, dumb. That's dumb. I might be, you know, showing my ass a little on this, but I've seen the Eagles live a lot. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> like, at least a half dozen a times. That's a, I, I mean, that's at least a mortgage when you're considering Eagles oh. prices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and every time, you know, it's like with the, they, they do their, their little uh, solo hits and all that. You get your Glenn Fry, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the Heat is on and Joe Walsh does Rocky Mountain Way and all that stuff. And never once has Don Henley played The Boys of Summer. I respect him for it, but it doesn't make me hurt any less. No, well, that's... Yeah. See, I, I, I would be frustrated <laughs> with that, too. Uh, you were like, made for this guy. You should have passed this one. How did you know I get... I'm glad I passed. <laughs> it was really good. The funny thing is, is, like, one of my favorite Eagles songs is actually a song written by Jackson Brown. Take it easy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which, Jackson Brown, I've seen in concert twice with my parents, and he played it both times. Yeah. So, like, why isn't Don Henley proud of this song that... Like, I, I mean, it's it's still burned into my brain, this yeah. song. No, like, yeah. It, it does. It represents, it, it's got that, uh, it just has that sort of visceral nostalgia attached to it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, mm-hmm. I, I feel transported back to youth. And then I also feel, it feels like uh, it's able to sort of erode the complexity of the world for those four minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is right. something. Which is, I, and a lot of songs can do that. But, like, this is... Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty wild, especially because Don Henley's kind of notorious for being a jerk otherwise, <laughs> or right. at least complicated. Complicated <laughs> we'll say that. to people, but actually really good about you know living up to the uh, ideals of the you know summer love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Satan, no. Walden Pond and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, very yeah. like yeah, but like difficult performer to work with. Right. The same way that like James Taylor is. Right. right. It's like oh that. yeah, you guys are all you're all fired because you did you didn't hit a yeah. Thing, right. Nah, I don't like the way you look. <laughs> This is not uh, whatever that store is, the men's warehouse. <laughs> I don't like the way you look. <laughs> oh, here, Why did you play point this. to me when you said that? <laughs> no, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm going to squeal. Now, is Don Henley drumming on this? Because he was the drummer for the Eagles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Listen to those. I'm there now. I'm there now. Such tasteful, perfect licks. Oh. <laughs> it's really, the guitar's like playing with you. It's like, hey, we're hanging out. 
for those listening, Dave is dancing, and it, it, it is adorable. He's like Breakfast Club dancing. How <laughs> <laughs> long can you play this before we have to pay for it? Nobody's listening to the podcast for this, so I think we're fine. <laughs> I almost tried to hit the high note, but that's not Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great song. And, and really, I, I think what's interesting, too, is there's sort of, uh, there's like a mature notion of romantic love in the song, at least structured, because it's like, hey, look, I'm going to, like, I'm still going to love you after baseball season is over, mm-hmm. which is basically like, well, this isn't just a summer fling, uh, which I think is it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool idea, given that a, a lot of 80s music, especially in the era, because this song was 1984. You're dealing yeah. with a lot of like hairband stuff that's like, yeah, I'm I'm hot shit, and we're gonna fuck, and I'm gonna do cocaine, and then I'm gonna go to the next city, right? You know, and this yeah. is sort of a song that's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm older, and I'm ready to settle down, kind of, you know, kind of. Oh yeah. I'm still totally like checking everybody out in my rearview mirror. That's right. Not really minding the road. It's a little dangerous, but it's artful. I 100% agree. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah, let's do our dissertation <laughs> on the boys of summer. So yeah, as, as Dave said, it's the lead single from Building the Perfect Beast, uh, released October 26, 1984. It reached number five on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in the U.S., as well as number one on the Billboard Top Rock Tracks chart, and number 12 on the U.K. Singles chart. So, I mean, we're talking nice <laughs> international hit. 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 Uh, the song's music video also won several awards, uh, and it was performed live by Henley with the Reunited Eagles uh, in the Farewell Tour, Farewell One Tour, live from Melbourne DVD from 2005. Yeah, so you gotta not, track that down. Not in Denver. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> there are. There's also, in addition to the Atari's version we mentioned, there's a version by DJ Sammy from 2002. Uh, featuring Luna, L O O N A. I don't. That those, might do those be names ring any know. bells to anybody? I don't no, know. no. Um, let's see. I'm gonna look that up on YouTube. Don't ruin this for me. Ew! Ew! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, very, very early two thousands. Uh, right. A dance DJ thing though. Yeah, they still call so it ecstasy that. then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's that song. Great, great job, guys. Uh. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Dave uh, I'm gonna give Dave four points and yeah. Shannon uh, a point and a half. And now I just need to add the scores up. So uh, talk amongst yourselves for a moment, whether it's about oh, the Boys yeah. of Summer or something else. Do you, Do you have more you'd like to add about the Boys of Summer? Well, in the Tom Petty biography that came out a couple of years back before he passed, uh, he does speak about how he was very. Uh, it, it was depressing that he gave that song away uh, because he heard it all the damn time. So. <laughs> and he's like, I, I want more of my stuff to be on the radio. Uh, granted, yeah. like Tom Petty, so many hits. He did fun, yeah. so good. Yeah. They, they all, they all did okay. <laughs> they, I, I think they, I think it worked out. <laughs> he wasn't hurting. So a mortgage payment for the Eagles, huh? The Eagles tickets are expensive, <laughs> man. I don't know. My, my, and I usually go with my mom and my aunt. So funny stuff. Like you know, my I was you know seventy nine. Uh, parent. Parents had me young. Mom was twenty. Aunt was nineteen. Aunt was going to college, so I was. She was like the de facto babysitter, and 
right about when MTV came out. So it's like, plop the boy in front of the TV. We're listening to tunes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got Which, your John Henleys. You got your Dire Straits. You got Dire uh, Straits. Uh, Please, King of Pain video. I remember that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Stevie yeah. Nicks, uh, mm. who I love. But So I go to a lot of these shows with my mom and my aunt. And one of them, and we do a lot of the Eagles. I've seen Fleetwood Mac a bunch with them. Yeah. So I've it was seen, great. I, I've seen Fleetwood Mac once. Um, I sh- I would have seen them twice had uh, when they did the tour when they put their the one like re-release record out. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but I was like defiantly eighteen or something. It was just like I don't I don't want to go to a show with you, Dad. Which mm. is stupid because yeah. I it's like nowadays you're like cool. Because yeah. shows that I went to with my dad were like uh, uh, Jackson Brown, James Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Mac. Um, we saw now this is gonna get boring. Uh, we saw. Uh, <laughs> Who does who does uh, Tuesday afternoon and uh, shoot like a British sort of psychedelic? Kinks, the Kinks. Yeah, uh, no. not the Kinks, but anyway, I I can't remember. Uh, Nights in White Satin was another. Song oh, uh, Moody Blues. Moody Blues. We saw the Moody Blues. Um, yeah, so uh, Paul, uh, we saw Paul Simon a couple times. We saw Simon and Garfunkel when they came Ooh. here in like oh three, maybe oh two. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you. I'm well acquainted with that. Like, oh yeah, just we're going we're going on this ride going, with, with uh, the with the adults. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, they're getting the big nostalgia, and I'm like, me too. But I was four. Yeah. I love it. Um, I still love it to death. One of my favorite. Like, you think about you see those video, old videos of the Beatles getting off the plane and everybody's just losing their goddamn minds, oh, yeah, screaming, yeah. crying, passing out. So, you know, <laughs> Stones come to Pepsi Center. One year, maybe 2003 or something like that, and finally had a, a job and enough money to buy some tickets. So, me and my roommate buy the tickets and I buy my aunt the ticket, surprise her and all that. Got lucky where there like no seats left, but there's this obstructed view, so it was like half the price. I'm like, I can handle that. Not back, I think the top price then was like 300. I was like, geez, yeah, killing me. Now it's like a thousand. It was like <laughs> half of that. And we get there, and the obstructed view is like exactly side stage of where like Keith Richards is playing. So I'm like, I love oh, Keith Richards wow. right out there. Greatest seats I've ever had for a show. We, yeah. can, get it. we can do a whole thing about where. But anywho, <laughs> so I'm like, this is awesome. These are awesome. My aunt's like, this is great. This is great. And like first chorus of the first song, I can't remember what it was, Ruby Tuesday or something. Mick Jagger comes to the side, just does his little arm shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just starts screaming and crying and falls down. I mean, she was only like maybe 39 years old, so it's like she, it wasn't like she was like there in 66. But man, I love you to death, Tony, and you, the world needs to know how cool that was. But yeah, she just like, just was overcome, just bawling and screaming and just hysterical for like three songs. I, I it was the greatest thing I have ever seen. Aww. I was so happy. I think, so. And I think that's, I mean, uh, that is such a huge thing because that that kind of visceral emotional connection to music mm-hmm. is something that I think our generations have managed to kind of adopt this disconnected apathy about caring about things. Mm-hmm. Even if we really like a band, like, we might like it, but we're never going to, like, overtly show emotion about doing right. that. Uh, or at least I'm not. Maybe I'm, I, I'm probably projecting my own shit on everybody else, so <laughs> I won't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I always, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think there's there's something really touching about the idea that people could be so just directly uh, human about being excited about 
music because music does that to all of us like we all feel something from listening to music yeah. and to just embrace that instead of kind of being like okay well I gotta like tread water and keep being cool while also feeling this thing happen right you know yeah I, I think one of my favorite things is like if I'm listening to music while I'm walking to work or something and the song that I just like I've got it on shuffle and the song I want to hear comes on and I just suddenly kind of have to dance. Like, I do a What a gift step. is that, right? Yeah. When, yeah, you, unexpected joy. But you totally, like, because it's all about leaving your head for that instant, right? And suddenly you're just your body for a little bit, which is hard <laughs> to get to, because yeah. we're all busy, you know, tweeting and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, I, uh, the scores have been tabulated. And, uh, Dave, you have won with 21 and a half points. Shannon, you had 19 and a half. It was very close. Very game. close. It was the Boys of Summer. The Boys of Summer did really did, wow. really did clinch it. Uh, yeah, so wonderful, wonderful job. Dave, do you have anything that you would like to plug as winner of the program? As winner of the program? Or just, you know, as, as a human. Really, either way. I would like to plug uh, Boys of Summer by Don Henley. <laughs> All right. It's a perfect song. I would like to plug, as you said, you know, unbridled joy about music. Damn we don't right. have to be too cool to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's pointing at Shannon like she's the, no, like we're she's all the, the stoic nihilist. Uh, you don't know how many times I've walked down the street dancing and lip syncing. Yeah, I want to plug our Emilio Estevez solstice party that's yes. coming up. Check the, check the podcast. Check the podcast for details, and uh, it will have passed by the time this airs, but I will plug uh, Geeks Who Drink the Irish Snug on Tuesdays. We've been doing that a while. Oh, we're yeah. continue to do that. Well, so. and, I, and I hope you do it for a while, because it's really a pleasure being your guest on that program. Aww. Which, that's what it is. Oh, really. yeah. I mean, you're, no, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're limited in what you can do, but I think you bring something really special to it. And, and I can say, Shannon and I have certainly played a shitload of Geeks Who Drink pub quizzes, where... Uh, you know the the presentation is not anywhere near the level you bring it to. Like oh, the amount of consideration and caring, and the and just the fact that it's like, oh, this this is a guy that I like. We're friends now, I would say, but I mean, like, we I weren't friends so. when I first started going to the snug. And uh, you're the kind of person that makes it possible to become friends with them. We, we've, not like, uh, we've broken out a couple times because we're like we're we're sick of the food at the snug. Yeah, mm-hmm. but every time. We're like, this host is not Dave. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it really is. It's um, like... I'm getting a little emotional. Shannon, what would you like to plug? Um, have you seen these ASMR videos oh, yeah. uh-huh. of reality TV show fights? Oh, no. Oh, it's Somebody, amazing. Somebody's like ASMR reading the scripts of the fights? Yeah, so if, if it'll wow. be like a Real Housewives of New York fight, but it'll all be like this, and it'll be like, you say that fuck you i didn't say that fuck you i did i heard you say that you stop it bitch and it's amazing oh, I just got weird goosebumps what's happening. so yeah google some asmr reality tv show fights i guarantee you're gonna enjoy it i'm in, I'm in. wonderful um yeah if, if you guys like the show please uh just tell people about it that would that would be really helpful uh just letting people know that we're here uh, you can follow us on social media. We've already said it's a, a vague idea pod on Twitter at a vague idea podcast on Instagram. Uh, I try to make funny little posters slash pulp book covers that I cut people's faces on too and make They're them good. look insane. Real good. Uh, yeah, Kate looks especially weird on the one that I just did. As does Rachel Trignano. That episode will be on next week. Uh, but last week for you. All right.
Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you if you need like a, a torso covering of some kind, you can go to shirtsbynate.threadless.com <laughs> torso and check out any of the designs that I have. I'm wearing one right now. It says embody the opposite of evil, and it has an evil eye icon on it. Uh, so yeah, you know. Just lots of diverse things. Uh, we're also probably going to have a D&D podcast coming out sometime soon here uh, once we start a campaign. So uh, look out for that. And uh, yeah, rate and review us on stuff, tell people, etc. Be good to each other. And uh, I am realizing that some of the things that I say at the end of the show are actually kind of ripped off from day. <laughs> no, they, so, uh, every week I notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, just uh, be good people, and uh, I'll, I'll quote Dave directly, keep your phone charged, and uh, we'll talk to you later. This has been a vague idea. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> a Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Spaceboy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com.